This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. Uh, this is actually episode number, Chris? 100. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>! my gosh. <laughs> People are going to think that, that I... People are going to think I did like a, like, oh my gosh, who's that clean, I did a, who's cleaning this mess up. I did a video effect, you know, a confetti effect. No, this Chris, is legit. Chris just confettied this studio to death. <laughs> I should have so, brought a vacuum. That's, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, it's, it's not as bad as it could have been. Uh, but Chris has, uh, you've, you've got some confetti in your hair. You've got some confetti on your shirt. Um, so yeah, it's episode number 100. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, and to those of us who have been with us for 100 episodes, I'm sorry. Uh, and also, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, today's episode is all going to be kind of about recapping the lessons uh, that we've learned in the last 100 episodes. And the last, also, Chris, it's not just 100 episodes. It's also three, three years, years, almost yep. on the dot. Yeah. Th- by the time, let's see, it would be four days after our three-year anniversary that Holland Assets has been on the road. First load was hauled April 9th, 2019. That was my birthday. Yeah, That's your birthday? Uh-huh. Did I know that? I don't know. That's my sister's birthday, too. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's That's clearly cool. someone of distinguished character. High caliber, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, almost three years of this show. And so I, I also want to remind everybody, go to hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, go to motorcarrierhq.com if you want to make those first steps into actually uh, starting that uh, that long-awaited trucking company you've always thought of. You can go there as well and get some help. Uh, and what? Oh yeah, go to YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, it just search. see the confetti. It's pretty good. That's, I'm I'm kind of excited to see it. I was just gonna say yeah. I've got it. It really was something. People should go <laughs> check out the video of that that confetti cannon because that was really. Uh, yeah, it was really something. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, today, anything else that we need to go over before we get into the actual topic at yeah, hand? Yeah, a couple things. We're gonna we're gonna kind of use this as a little bit of time to celebrate. So, over the next you know three ish episodes, maybe give or take an episode or two, we're going to kind of celebrate you know what our journey has been, and we're gonna do something that I think is really cool. We're gonna give um, listeners an opportunity to kind of participate in episode and win cash prizes. Ooh, cash prizes. You yeah. have my attention. Am uh, I eligible to win? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, what what, uh, what do people so need what, to do? What we're going to do is, is we're going to create an episode that um, goes over cli- uh, listeners' questions. They, the listeners can submit a question and be on the podcast episode as we answer that question with them, or they can submit a story. And this is what I'd really like to hear is some stories of how listening to the podcast has kind of helped you in your own journey as a, as a trekking company owner, as an owner operator, whatever it may be. Um, and we're going to make an episode with that. And if you submit a question or if you submit a story, you're one, you're going to be eligible for a hundred dollar gift card. If we pick one of your stories or questions and air it on the episode, you're going to get a free t-shirt and you're also going to be entered into a, a little pot for a $1,000 gift card. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So that's real money. And so that's, uh, so let me get this straight. All you have to do is participate by sending in a question or a story. Um, 
and there will be more details at hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, but just by sending that in, you're entered to win the $100 gift card. Yep. If you if your story is picked, t-shirt and possibly a thousand bucks. And that pot, like you said, is going to be select. That'll be a much smaller pot. Yeah. So, um, so if you make it onto the show episode, you'll absolutely have a pretty good chance of winning that thousand uh, dollar gift card. How about that? And you'll get a shirt at the very least. Is this one of those times when I finally get to say terms and conditions apply? Um, no. No. Okay. Are there? Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. No. We're go not to, lawyers. Go to go to <laughs> hollandassetsllc.com to check out you know all that stuff, uh, all the details. So if you whatnot. go if you go to the show notes for episode one hundred. There'll be a link where there's just a really simple form. You just, your name, your phone number, email address. So we have a way to contact you. And then just a little short synopsis of what you want to talk about. And then I will give you a call. And um, if if you're one that it looks like would be a good one to have on the, the episode, I'll give you a call and we'll talk about it and get in you know more details about uh, your story or more details about your question and kind of go from there. Hear that? You get a call from Chris. Yeah. Wow. They, he, like he's not, not that even, that's anything special. He's not even you know foisting this on me. Like people would be like, eh, well, yeah, never yeah. mind. But if it's Chris, nobody would submit it if it was ex- Craig. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. We need Chris on there. Okay. So Chris, episode one hundred, we're going to be talking about the uh, the top ten uh, keys to our success at Holland Assets. Um, this is so. This episode is going to be kind of. Uh, it's a look back on you and your team that you've built over the last few years uh, and how how Holland Assets as a trucking company has been a success. It, obviously, there have been ups and downs. We've talked about the towns uh, over the last few years, but in large measure, it's been pretty darn successful so far. And you're going to talk about why that is as we go on, as we collect uh, these audio snippets from people, as you know, we're getting people's stories and questions, then uh, we'll do another episode that'll be kind of, hey, you know, what have you learned? What are your key takeaways? What, uh, or, or your key questions that you have? You know, so Chris, this is where we get to put on our little narcissist hats and this is all about us. Okay, Chris. <laughs> and then our listeners get their time in the sun. Absolutely. A little yeah. bit I'm, later. I'm excited to hear about it, especially the stories. I've, you know, we, we've had a handful of clients or listeners that uh, I've been able to talk to and in, interact with and, and hearing how Holland Assets has helped them has been awesome. It, yeah. it, it's cool. It's what it's all about, right? Yep. Yeah, that's excellent. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off on the top 10 keys to Holland Assets success? Yeah, so I'm doing these kind of in reverse order. So I've tried to order them in the, the in a way that shows their relevance or importance. Mm, so, so number 10, kind of the, they're all important, but 10 being kind of the least important. Right. Number one, the last one we get to is going to be the one that I think's had the greatest impact. This this is the VH1 countdown of <laughs> Holland Assets episodes. Yeah. Right. Uh, or or country music or C, know, yeah, the CMT yeah, countdown. CMT, yeah, one, yeah. Okay. One of those. Whichever one you like better. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's been now decades since I watched <laughs> any of that stuff, but uh, it lives long in my memory. Okay, Chris. So uh, starting out with number ten, then you want to dive right in? Yep. Let's do it. So number ten's Financing is critical. If you want to be able to typically start a trucking company or grow a trucking company, you've got to be able to get financing. Most people just don't have the amount of cash that it takes to buy a truck, buy a trailer, and have enough operating capital to be able to get you through until you start receiving some some checks for the services that you provide. So, right, um, got to be able to get a loan. And some important parts of that, you've you know, the better your credit score is the more likely you're to get a loan and two, the the cheaper your interest rates are going to be. So 
do that. Good, strong financials help. Um, but when you're first starting out, you're not going to have financials. You know what I what I should have done, Chris? Honestly, there you know, there's always a shoulda. Uh, and now that we're starting in on this, I want to go back and look at which episodes we kind of talked about some of this stuff because I remember it was pretty early on. We had uh, some people on to talk about financing. We we've even done it a little more recently. We have right. Yep. So yeah, people can go check out uh, episodes that are you know dive into that subject. Uh, but yeah, number nine then. Number nine was. And this is really a matter of, of limiting your risk. Um, when you first start a, a, a trucking company, you're typically, you're, if, if you're running your business right, your weakest point is going to kind of be right at the very beginning. Um, and and that's when you're more susceptible to something, you know, catastrophically, you know, sinking your ship, so to speak. Right. And that's usually why most companies go out in the first year is because something goes wrong in the first year and they just don't have the resources to recover from it. So one of the things that I think we did that ended up really saving our bank in, um, is in that first year is we bought a warranty on um, our truck. And so number nine literally is get the warranty. Get the warranty. So Limit your risk and get the warranty. Every time I've uh, you know walked into an electronics store and said, heck no, <laughs> you're saying, no, 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 actually, heck yeah, um, go well, for it. Well, an electronics, if it's one of those things that you're is going to bring in your income, you know, anything that brings in your income and then if you'd lost it would be catastrophic and you'd, you'd, you'd essentially go under, then yeah, it might be worth it just so that you know that if something bad like that happens, which it happened to us, you're going to be safe. And, and it, it really was a blessing. Um, and, and I remember thinking when my salesperson asked me if I wanted to be a warrant by a warranty, really hesitating. And that's kind of that thought process of, you know, if, if the engine blows in that first year, it's going to be hard to recover from. And that's why I finally decided to do it and it saved us. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, I, you know, I went, I'm looking back at some of the early episodes. It looks like episode number four, Five was buying a truck. I wonder if you talked about the I warranty. I think we did in talk there. a little bit about the warranty in there. And, and going back uh, to number ten, the financing is critical. You talked about financing in episode six and in episode twelve, uh, financing the truck and financing your startup and operating costs. So, anyway, a couple things that people can go check out. Chris, what's number eight? Number eight is the type of trailer we got matters. And, and that's the, that's one of the questions I get asked the most about from people is, well, what kind of trailer should I get? Or what trailer did you get? And, and the answer really kind of depends, depends on several things. Obviously, if you're a, um, for instance, a hotshot, um, most hotshot people get a 40 neck goose, gooseneck trailer. And mm. that, that's pretty common in the hotshot world. Um, and that's what most get. But, you know, if you're going to haul a, a specialized type of, camper trailer where you need a different size, you may want to do that. Or you may say, I, you know, you may not need a 40 footer. You may need a 30 footer, but you may say, Hey, you know what? I'm still going to get a 40 footer for my backhauls so that it just gives me more, more options. So really research the kind of trailer you, you want to get. And for us in Utah, getting a reefer trailer was, was key in, in Utah. You don't get as many dry van loads as you do in other parts of the country. And so a dry van in Utah is hard. So you know, if you lived in Utah and you said, I'm going to do a dry van because they're less expensive than a reefer, um, it may not be the right. May, may not pay off in yeah. the long run. Because, yeah. you know, as, as you know with us, we haul a lot of potatoes and, you you know, most of, most of the year you've got to have a reefer to haul potatoes. Indeed. Yeah, you got to 
acclimatize whatever i don't know what the names are what are words chris i don't know <laughs> uh, by the way that was uh, episode number eight buying a trailer yep so go check that out all right chris number seven seven um, we've done a really good job of managing our expenses and this is one area where you see companies kind of get themselves into trouble is just you know not really being deliberate about how they spend their money and so managing your expenses is incredibly important um, you know, fuel in, in a trucking company is one of the bigger expenses, you know, next to fuel and payroll kind of typically go to neck, neck to neck. But right now with fuel prices going crazy, like, like they have been fuels, um, outpacing, uh, payroll right now for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's outpacing payroll. Uh, well, as far as change goes at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting time. Uh, by the way, Chris, that was uh, episode number 13, how to save money on fuel and more. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple other things with with mate or with uh, managing your expenses that I think are important. One of them is maintenance. You do everything that you can. And, and we've we've got some good relationships with some mechanics that are here local to, mm -hmm. to our operation and being able to do as many of your repairs and your maintenance work while the truck's at home rather than out on the road typically will save you quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, and, and there are other small things too. Actually, I was just looking through some of these early episodes and there's uh, episode number 22, eating out versus store-bought food. Yeah, that was one of my favorites where you actually episode. broke down how many, was, how many peanut M&Ms you're allowed <laughs> to eat in a day, you know, that sort of thing. Like, First of all, I want to save money. I also don't want to get fat. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah, little little things you can do every single day that will make they a make huge a difference, difference uh, yeah. on your, you know, your it, monthly and annual reports. With expenses, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you die a death by a million paper cuts, right? Is right. that kind of what the saying goes? Like it, it's really easy to, you know, that $5 today, $5 every day adds up and becomes a significant number, especially if you look at something over the course of a year. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? There, there is one other thing that I saw on the notes. I'm not looking at them right now, but I remember seeing it and it was don't trick out your truck. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you've cursed me. <laughs> First of all, I do call it fuel now, uh, which is just, you know, it's really hoity when you're with non-truckers, yeah. right? Like, yeah. oh, well, you know, I have to fuel up. <laughs> uh, oh, you, oh, you use fuel, do you? While the rest of us use gas. <laughs> so there's that. But also, uh, you know, my wife and I will be driving down the freeway and I'll see somebody with the Christmas lights all over their trailer and their truck and everything. And I'll kind of scoff at them a little bit. I mean, which is stupid, of course, but uh, that that episode really made a it makes it a made an impact it's, on me. You know, I, I, I can't remember where I heard the saying or where this came from, but uh, <clears throat> it's a work truck. It's not a show pony. Mm. Um, if you get to the point someday where you've met all your financial goals and like some of the things that we've talked about, you you've got a good slush fund saved up and you've got money for your major repairs saved up. And then if you want to trick out your truck and roll down like a Christmas tree or, you know, have Chrome and the Chrome spikes on the wheel and just Chrome everywhere, go ahead and do it then. But yeah. don't do it early on. The one, yeah, it's uh, I mean, in part you're spending a lot of money to get it done. But also I remember I, I was driving down I 80 from Colorado back to Utah. So I'm coming through Wyoming, I think. And uh, there was, I saw a Christmas tree truck driving down the road and one of the lights was out, one of the running lights on the trailer. Yep. And I knew that you better hope you don't get a surprise inspection because, yeah. uh, you know, you're going to get dinged on it. If you've got the light, it's got to be working, right? Compliance, no, no. Yeah. 
Speaking of compliance. Oh, see, you just, Chris, do you understand how much transition. of a professional you I am? You did a good job with that one. <laughs> I'm proud of you. All right. What about compliance? Number six is compliance. Just we, we've taken compliance very seriously. And that starts at the very beginning, um, you know, getting, make, making sure you one, you know, drug and alcohol policy in effect before you have anybody starting to drive and then um, making sure that you're ready for your new entrant audit. And that first year, if you don't pass that new entrant audit, you're in big trouble. And it, or if you do poorly in your new entrant audit, that's a good way for the DOT to kind of put a little, uh, you may get through it, but they, they're going to say, oh, this guy's got issues. We're going to single him out and kind of um, make it so that he gets inspected more often and, and it can just right. cause lots of nightmares. So taking that compliance seriously, um, doing it early on is a good thing. Another thing that, that I don't think people give enough um, credence to is when you're when you're driving down the road and your truck looks like crap, maybe it's super extra dirty or, you know, you've got a, a mud flap that's hanging screwy or you just, any kind yeah. of things like that. You've, you've got an oil slick on your truck. Um, those are the kind of things that um, DOT officers like the rest of us are, want to hit the easy button. They go after the low hanging fruit. So if you're, you know, driving through a scale and they see your truck looking like crap like that, they're like, Oh, there's a good one to get inspected. And you're way more likely to get pulled out and get inspected if your truck's just not looking like it's squared away. And so doing that, I think, has been a big key. We we make sure, you know, the trucks get inspected on a regular basis by a mechanic. And, you know, some of those eyesore things don't, we just don't stick out. You, right. you want to look like the guy next, next door. You want to look like the average Joe. You don't <laughs> want to look like you're you know, the, the homeless guy walking down the street. And here, here goes Chris, the military guy playing psyops with the, uh, the inspectors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So anything else I'm one on step ahead of them? No, always, right? that's the goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anything else on compliance that you want to go over? Um, no, not really. I think that's it. Okay. What about, uh, what, I mean, we're going to talk about employees, I assume at some point, you know, having people on your team who, care about and take compliance seriously that's got to be it's important it. yeah you know somebody that's just staying on top of it making sure that the driver's logbooks are being monitored and that they're not you know having hours of service violations and things like that so yeah compliance person's important so if if you're the owner and all you have are drivers then you need to be that compliance person and it's uh it just there always needs to be an emphasis with that you need to have a, a safety culture you know a culture where you take compliance important yeah, and unfortunately, I don't have an actual episode number, but there's a bunch. If you go there look through the seven. first uh, 30 or 40 episodes, there's a few that kind of deal with different aspects of compliance. All right, so Chris, that was what, number six? That was What's six. number five? Five is our relationships have been very important. Mm. Um, I think about all the things where a relationship with somebody, whether it's another trucking company owner or a mechanic, or well, we talked a few episodes ago about our sales guy at Freightliner. You know, all right. those relationships have had in one way or another a pretty big impact on our trucking company. It's helped us save in fuel. It's helped us get trucks. Um, it, it's given us, you know, we've gotten some good advice. Like I just last week called the trucking company owner and asked him or a few weeks ago about, you know, what his opinion was on depreciating assets and how fast you should depreciate assets, how he does it. And um, just having people like that in your back pocket that you can call and ask questions to or ask advice for are good, a good mechanic that can, mm -hmm. that, that you can trust that will do good maintenance. Those relationships will have a big impact on the business. A podcaster. 
a podcaster. Yeah, yeah obviously. Every trucking company needs one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Email me at. <laughs> okay, so uh, yes, yeah, uh, with relationships, gosh, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You take care of them, they'll take care of you. It's a lot like your truck that way. Um, people are objects, right, Chris? Is yeah. that what? Okay. Yeah, right. something like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, you take care of them, they'll take care of you. That's pretty straightforward. Anything yep. else on that one? Nope. Okay, number four. Number four is the longer runs for us and how we operate have been much more profitable. And I think in most situations, this is the case. When I look at other companies' financials, typically the ones who do longer runs are stronger financially. And so when I'm talking about that, you know, let's take the two extremes. You know, you've got a load that takes you from, you know, one coast to the other coast, you know, dra- driving several thousand miles versus one that's, you know, across town that's, you may be able to do five times in a day, but it's only 20 miles. Right. Now, typically every time you stop that truck, you know, whether it's at a, a you know, a shipper or receiver, or, you know, something like that, it's typically, that's not how you typically get paid. So it's not um, usually the best use of your time. So you usually get paid by the mile. Um, and, and usually what you get paid while the truck is running down the road, you know, that mileage based part of a pay is better than what you get paid just sitting at a stop. Hmm. So um, there's less of those in longer runs. Um, the, the truck's running smooth. And, and I, I just, I, I can't put a really good finger on why this is, but the financials I've seen of different companies, typically the ones that are doing, you know, the thousand plus average um, mileage per load do better than the guys that are doing less than that. Okay. Episode number seven, Chris, how to find loads. Uh, So if anybody's curious about that, I'm curious if this one ties into buy the right trailer, which I can't remember. Was that number eight or number seven? Some. Uh, does that affect, or do you, do you see longer loads, uh, favoring, you know, uh, refrigerated units? Uh, what about, you know, flatbeds? Are they doing shorter routes? So I, I would say that typically <sighs> reefer trailers are going to have longer routes, yeah. um, than, than the other, other types, especially with like flatbeds and flatbeds, a much higher percentage of flatbeds do shorter runs than longer runs. You can still find long runs with flatbeds as well, but um, typically those are going to, yeah. you know, the, there, there's going to be some differences there. Okay. Yeah. No. And it's, uh, it, this is definitely this idea of longer runs, you know, pay a little bit better. This goes in my book, at least under the the heading of, Hey, you know, it all depends. This is a, a blanket piece of advice, but if you have a great setup, I remember we were, when we were talking to Bubba Blackwell, then he had this kind of set route that he was able to do and he was making a lot of money off of it, kind of just doing this route over and over and over again um, where he didn't have to hunt down, you know, tons of of different loads. So his situation was a little bit different. I guess I would just point that out. This isn't a a blanket piece of advice for 100% of people 100% of the time. That's a great point. There are going to be situations where it makes more sense to do shorter runs, but those are, I, I think that's the exception, not necessarily the rule. Right. Okay. All right. Very good. So taking us on then to number three, we're getting to our top three, Chris. Getting to the top three. So number three would be probably number one if it wasn't for the fact that without one and two, you probably wouldn't even have a company at all. (laughs) Well, what a tease. But number three is treat your drivers really well. Okay. Um, And and the other 
reason that number three is not a little bit higher is because there's a good chunk of our listeners are owner operators and don't have employees. So it's not as applicable to them. Um, but treating your drivers is incredibly important because turnover in the trucking industry is difficult. And the, you know, if you're turning over drivers, that typically means you've got trucks sitting, you've got expenses that you incur every time you hire a new driver. And so you want to be able to keep your drivers happy and keep them with you for as long as possible. That affects your insurance rates. There's just a lot of things that get affected by driver turnover. Yeah. So treat them well. Yeah. It's a lot like your, uh, what was, was it number five? We talked about relationships. Relationships are important. Yeah. Relationships within your company are just Absolutely. as important, if not more so than the ones outside the company. For sure. So. Relationships with your drivers, super important. So you just, you, and, and I think one of the keys of this is just doing what is within reason to try to keep them happy. Even if sometimes in the short term, it may not be the most financially beneficial thing for the company to do. Um, for instance, if they want to stay home for an extra couple of days because they've you know, got a family birthday party or a doctor's appointment or something they need to do, let them stay home. Um, it's, it, it's going to help you in the long run by saving that turnover expense that, that comes with that. So mm-hmm. I'm always a big advocate of, of doing what you can to keep your drivers happy, stock their fridge every once in a while. Um, let them like we, one of the things that we did is one of our drivers, Shannon, great driver. He wanted to take out the passenger seat on, on his truck. So he had a little bit more space inside the truck. Uh, th- th- that doesn't really hurt Nobody's us too bad. And yeah, he, uh, he did that. So just letting drivers do little things like that. There you go. Um, oh, what else was I? Oh yeah. You, I mean, Chris, you can go and count out their peanut m&ms for them we could do that before they hit the road that yeah that would help them i'm just look i'm just finding little ways chris little ways that's me another thing that we do on a fairly regular basis i was doing this a lot nate still does it uh, a a decent amount i'm not doing it so much anymore but when a driver would come into town you know sometimes we'll pick up the truck for them as they're coming into town and we'll deliver the load for them Mm. or we'll go pick up a load for them so they don't have to get in the truck until they're ready to to drive out and, and head down the road. And so that, that kind of is beneficial and helps everybody out. It, it shows them that you truly do care. Your, your actions speak louder than your words there and, you go. and show that you care with your action. So Chris, uh, episode number 89 is hiring a truck driver, the mechanics uh, of hiring a truck driver. That's a confusing <laughs> title. Uh, and then number 83 was how to hire great truck drivers. So uh, everybody go check those out. Okay, Chris, we're getting into, you said number two and number one. If you don't have these, you've got nothing. You got nothing. So the first one is we've built our business on an incredibly sound financial foundation. And that, that there's a lot that kind of goes into this one. So this one might take a little bit more to go over to. Um, one of them is, is we know our numbers. You know, I preach using a good financial system like QuickBooks, which is what we use. And that way that you can kind of dive in and you can really see the health of your company. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't do that, you, you're just kind of winging it and it's, it, it's not a great way, it's not a great method. And so knowing your numbers, having a good financial reporting system so that you can understand things like your cost per mile, your revenue per mile, and then you can make really good financial decisions based on that. And you know, that's another one of those things, you know, it kind of ties into number number 10 that we talked about of, um, getting, being able to get financing, the better your, your financial statements and the better, you know, your numbers are the cleaner you keep your books, the more likely you're going to be able to get financing. All right. So for, for this one, I would recommend 
basically every other episode for the last <laughs> hundred episodes. We talk about financials. So, yeah, no, right? follow those financial episodes because those ones uh, for for anybody who's new or new-ish to the show, um, if you're not listening to the financials episodes, uh, I'm sorry for you because they're some of the best ones. It sounds like, oh gosh, this this could be a boring subject. They're just talking about the numbers from every month. But every month you're illustrating a, or you're using those numbers to illuminate some topic uh, that has to do with what you're talking about, building that sound financial base for yourself. Um, and there's always the impact tips that come at the end of each episode. You know, so those are, I think, extremely valuable. I know a lot of our listeners already know this. I'm just, so I'm largely preaching to the choir here, but I'm sure there are some who are kind of new to the the podcast and don't think that the the title of those episodes sounds as sexy, so they don't want to listen to it. Please do. They are a, taken as a unit, you know, all 50 of those financials episodes that we've done, whatever, whatever the number is. Those are incredibly valuable um, and I can't recommend them highly enough. Yeah. And let's, I'll do a little tease for, cause the next episode is going to be a financial episode. And if you remember on the last financial episode, we, we used a new method to kind of compare um, fuel prices specifically. Mm. Uh, we, we based the comparison of not the hard dollar value of how much you spent in fuel, but how much that compared to your revenue. And we're going to kind of do step two of that, this coming financial episode to kind of see how with this recent spike in fuel costs, how that's affected our bottom line. So how that's changed the percentage that we spend in fuel versus the revenue that we have brought in. Has that changed? If it hasn't, then even though prices have gone up, revenue's gone up enough to keep up with it. And it's not a, it's not a big deal, but uh, if, if, Revenue's kind of held steady and fuel prices have gone up. We're going to see that. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to kind of see that and see it and talk it through next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things uh, when we talk about being on a sound financial footing or however you want to put it uh, is it calls to mind two of my favorite uh, Chris um, stereotypes. One is spreadsheets, you and your spreadsheets. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. But that's how you know your numbers, right? That's yep. the first thing you said on this was know your numbers, understand where your company is at on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a yearly basis. Um, but then the second part of the, or the second, uh, you know, Chris-ism is save your freaking money, right? <laughs> that's it. And that's another one of the important aspects of, you know, being on a good financial footing is saving money. And I want to talk a little bit about this. So, uh, there's a couple aspects that go into this. If you remember for the first year that I was driving in the truck. So when I was really acting as an owner operator, I was right. an owner operator that first year before you hired anybody, before, before we hired that. anybody, I only paid myself exactly what I could have earned driving for somebody else. So that extra money that I was making the profits we kept in the business, we didn't do anything with. And I think that is critical to the first couple of years of success to a trucking company is the owner is typically still going to be driving and they don't pay themselves any more than what they were making before. Yeah. Make Continue to make that financial sacrifice for a little bit and it'll pay off big in the long run. And we're starting some of the financial success that we're seeing now is because we had some money that we'd saved and we were able to reinvest in the business, help it grow. And that's just, it's like a snowball rolling down the hill. That snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger over time. And we're seeing that. Are you seeing our profits getting bigger and bigger and everything's getting, and it's growing faster and faster and gaining more and more momentum. And, and all that started, I think, because of 
to a great part that one principle of of not paying ourselves everything that the company was making. Right. And we limited by that limited that by just paying myself what I could have got as a driver. And if if we want a specific episode on this one, I like episode 63, Don't Succumb to Temptation. There you go. Right, that's yep. largely what that's about. Yep. So go check that episode out. One more thing with this save money. Let's talk a little bit. We had another episode about this where we talked about kind of what our method for mm. saving money is. We, we recently changed it. And I think this is, I still think this is a really good method. Um, what we do is we're putting in a savings account 10% of our overall debt. So our overall debt right now, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's roughly 750,000 bucks. So we've got $75,000 stocked in a savings account that we don't really plan on touching. That's just like if the sky is falling and something crazy happens. And, and that's that. a, a liquid savings account, it's right? A, that's it, that's yep. accessible. Yep, we could take it out tomorrow if we needed to. Yeah. Then on top of that, we also have started to put aside, we have $15,000 of essentially operating capital per truck. And so right now with five trucks, that's 65,000 bucks. So basically what that means is our checking account never goes below $65,000 in the month. That at the lowest point of the month, it doesn't go below that $65,000 floor. And that is a, is a more readily accessible slush fund. So like, for instance, if a, an engine went out today, because we've got enough trucks, and if an engine goes out today, we could take $30,000 out of that and, um, and get pay, back on the road, get right back on the road quickly. It wouldn't hurt us financially. I mean, it, that'd be a big punch in the gut to lose 30,000 sure. bucks, but it wouldn't hurt us. We'd still be able to keep going. And we just then just kind of build that slush fund up, you know, over the next several months as we get more profit coming in. There you go. So uh, that's what we do. And and I don't think that that method is going to be necessarily correct for everybody. Like, especially if you're smaller, if you're, say you're an owner operator, you may have little or no debt. You may have one truck and $50,000 of debt, which would mean you'd only have to have $5,000 to equal that 10%. I don't think that's going to be enough. So I think at a minimum, you need to have $30,000 in a savings account. That's that you know, if an engine blows, you right. can cover the cost of it. And then another $15,000 of that operating capital per truck. Right. So if it's, so if disaster does strike, you don't have to pull out the, uh, the gold Amex and, you yeah. know, pray that you yeah. can cover it. Okay. Very good, Chris. So should we move on to number one then? Number one. Okay. Here we go. And number one is be persistent and be willing to endure. And so this means a couple of different things to me. Um, and, and I'll explain in a little bit why I think it's number one. So the, the willingness to endure is, is you know when you go into business for yourself, that first year and probably even that first two years is going to be hard. Right. And so it's just really enduring through that first year, facing the challenges, facing the financial stresses. You're going to have hiccups along the way, realizing that and just working through those and, and enduring that, that hard time, that hard part and getting yeah. through it. Once you get through it, you know, a lot of things will get better. You know, we've really seen in the last year, a lot of the financial success with Holland Assets has really come in the last year. So, yeah, and this is something that it, I don't know if it has quite the same enshrined uh, place in my mind as save your dang money. Uh, <laughs> but this is definitely something you come back to a lot. It, you talk a lot about having an owner ownership mindset. 
uh, and that covers a lot of different ground but this is one of them where it hey this is uh this is your baby and your this company that you've started it's your baby you got to take care of it you got to nurture it you got to grow it um and that's going to take time and persistence like yeah. you're talking about and i think you know one of the things we you, you remember the water bear episode that we had number 44 chris that number 44, number 44. That, that little microorganism that can live in zero degree water and 300 degree water it can kind of adapt and overcome and, and do anything. And, and part of that persistence is that willingness and ability to adapt, to change when the market requires you to change. Like when fuel prices go up, what are you going to adapt? How are you going to change to compensate for that? I think when COVID-19 hit there, were, you know, that first few months, especially a COVID-19 was scary. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Things were getting shut down left and right. We didn't know how that was going to affect us. And the guys that were willing to adapt and overcome that came out of that into one of the best freight markets we have ever seen, in, at least in recent memory. It has been a great freight market the last year and a half. And and it, and you wouldn't, if you would have kind of caved in and not been willing to adapt when COVID first hit, you would have missed out on all that. Right, right. So yeah, with uh, being, being persistent, um, I'm trying to remember the thought I had. Oh yeah, that's right. This this is something that can we we talk a lot about. You know, be nice to your drivers, cultivate relationships with uh, you know the others that you work with, whether it's for loans or brokers or you know whatever. Uh, cultivate those relationships. Um, this is one that I saw in your notes. It's like you you can be a pretty bad person, and this will help you overcome at least a lot of that. Maybe yeah. not all of it, but this persistence is. I mean, there's a reason you put it number one, right? It's kind of a nebulous concept, but really it's, if we boil it down and make it simple, it's keep going, keep trying. Yeah. And a lot of this other stuff becomes, uh, you know, the the cherry on top, the stuff that helps you become really successful. But you can keep your business going even even as a terrible human being just yeah. by being persistent. And I, 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 to me, that's why this is number one is because I've seen a lot of shitty business owners that do things bad, that manage their business bad, that just have that grit and that ability to overcome challenges and and um, get through challenging times, be successful because they are persistent. Even though they don't save, they don't do a lot of things that we've been talking about, they still make it. And that's because they're persistent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, anything else on persistence that you want to talk about? The one last thing I want to talk a little bit about is attitude and having a positive attitude, being optimistic. I haven't seen too many business owners out <laughs> so there that are pessimists. This, this is the, yeah, you could be a terrible person and succeed if you're if you're persistent, but you still shouldn't be, yeah, right? you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good attitude, be pos positive, be good to those people around you, be optimistic. Um, if, if you're chicken little and you think the sky's always falling, you're probably not cut out to be a business owner because- mm. Um, you, you've got to always think that you can make tomorrow better than you can today. And typically pessimists don't think right. that way. And then of course the pessimist uh, shoots back, Hey, I'm a realist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> well, all right. So Chris, uh, th those are the, the top 10 things that you've learned over the last three years. Um, so a a anything you want to say to kind of wrap this up, before we move on to any impact tips. I think the impact tip kind of wraps it up. So oh. let's move on to that. All right. Impact tip. I need a, I, you know what? Now that we've got to a hundred episodes, I need an impact tip uh, sound effect. So I can kind of like, zoom, you know, oh, okay. Impact tip time. All right, Chris. Okay. You do that. Yeah. Okay. So the impact tip is think like an owner. 
Oh, it's part of our tagline. Yeah, it it kind of wraps this whole thing together. This all everything that we've talked about really boils down to thinking like an owner. If you think like an owner and you do all those things, you're going to be successful. All right, and and that's that's, and that's it. Your impact tip. That's the impact tip. These are ten ways you can start thinking like an owner. Yep. All right, Chris. Awesome. So why don't we now uh, that we're wrapping this up, just uh, really quickly go back to what people can do, where people can go to get in on this. Uh, we're giving away how much money, Chris, and how um, how can people get in on it? Total giving away eleven hundred bucks and a bunch of t-shirts. So there's a lot of things you can do. So to get into it, keep keep your eye on social media. We're going to do some social media announcements over the next three weeks. You're going to have until May fourth to submit a question or your story. And all you have to do is go to hollandassetsllc.com. There's going to be a link in episode 100 that will take you to the form that you need to fill out. It'll take you however long it takes you to basically type your name, phone number, email address, and Little your story. question. Yep. Yeah. All right. So yeah, hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, hopefully by the time we get to that episode, I'll be over this cold, Chris. And we will have and, cleaned up and this. And we'll have cleaned Should up we, the I, I think we could, could do like a blooper reel of this one of just me and you cleaning up the mess we've got here. I should have brought a vacuum. I kind of feel, I feel bad now. I love that he says me and you, like I'm going to help him. He's the one that <laughs> shot off confetti and, and, and I'm going to, so I'll hold uh, the camera and get some nice B-roll of you picking up confetti one piece at a time from this floor. I mean, they're, they're thin enough. You could probably eat them. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, uh, I don't want to be around when that comes out the other end. All right. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, yeah. Don't forget to rate the show. If you've enjoyed it up to this point, please share it with uh, those who would appreciate what we do here. Uh, basically the only way that we can grow our audience is by you helping us out with that. So we really appreciate those who do help us with it. And uh, Chris, I'll see you for episode 101, which is going to be a financials episode. We'll be talking about the March 2022 numbers. And I will see you then. We'll see you then. Thanks, Craig.